Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I am your host, David Dodge. Today, I am joined by Josh Bowerly. And Josh is out of Ohio. And I don't really know Josh that well, but I was impressed with something that he had done recently. And he posted in a group about how he had used the Burr method and some other methods to acquire a bunch of property and a bunch of real estate over a short period of time. And then how he was able to use some, some tricks to, you know, basically pull money out of equity to keep building. And I was like, holy cow, I like this guy already. And then he sold some of his portfolio. And just all in all, <clears throat> I thought, you know what? This is really cool what this guy's doing. I want to get him on. I want to learn a little bit more about him. And um, here we are. So, Josh, thanks for joining me today. This is the Discount Property Investor Podcast. We teach people all things real estate. We start with wholesaling and we really, we start with, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. That's really the, 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 the concept here, right? All things fall into place when you get a deal on a property, buddy. You know this, you know <laughs> this. <works. laughs> yes. So welcome and thanks for coming on, dude. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So like you said, I'm located in Ohio, a pretty rural area of Ohio. Um, if, if anyone's heard of Cedar Point, we're, we're kind of about 35 minutes from Cedar Point. Um, and properties are, are really low priced. So way back in 2006, I got into the game. I was in college. I bought what was supposed to be a flip back in the good old days when I had no income and they still approved me for a loan. And this is um, when? What's that? This is when? This is 2006. So this um, is right when you got started. That's funny because yeah. that's when I got started. Yeah. And I think I, it was... I think yeah. it was late 05 or 06, literally the same time. That, I, I got under contract in December of 05 and, and bought it in 06. Boom. Same. Yep. <laughs> yep. So yeah, so it was crazy. As you know, the market was crazy. I had literally zero income as a college student. And they're like, oh, loan, no problem. You have a down payment. Here's your mortgage. Yeah. Back so, then it was stated income, stated oh, assets. So it was amazing. Yeah. So man, I got this. I wish we could go back. Oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> but then the reason we can't go back is because what happened next, the market crashed and I couldn't flip it. Yeah. So I had to sit on it as a rental. It was cash flow negative, like $300 a so month. So you bought it to flip it? I bought it to flip it. Yep. Yep. So it was, it was basically getting the plan was I going to have to do nothing, paint floors and make $30,000 on a flip. Right. Yeah. And, and literally a few months later. Back the then you could crashed. do that too. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the market just crashed and then I had to hang on to it and it became a rental. Um, and rents were low in that area at the time. So it was just, it was, it was a bad investment. I mean, it was, it was looking back, it was stupid. It was a stupid plan. Like I, I was, I had no idea what I was doing, but it was real estate. So I sat there and kept it as a rental for, let's see, 14 years, 13 and then years. That's the cool th thing about this game is if you're willing right. to, to, to play it out. Yep. The yep. price so, doesn't really matter. You know, if exactly. you have a long-term yep. mindset. Yep. Yeah. So I lost some, a little bit of money each month, but technically that was just paying down the equity. Right. And then in 2019, I sold it and made like $55,000 on it. So all nice. ended up okay. Long-term hold. Right. For a terrible investment. But, but yeah, so then I, in 2017, I got back into it. My dad owned some rental properties. He was looking to get rid of. I bought one for $30,000, just this little two bedroom house, brought in 550 a month rent. 
And right after I bought it, things started going wrong. Like the, the sewer line went out, the roof needed something, electric needed something. I was putting like $4,000 into this house. I was like, this sucks. Either I need to sell this and get rid of this thing that's this money. This is one you bought in 17. Yes. Yep. So I need to either get rid of this because it's costing me money. And you bought that to, to flip it too. I bought that one as a rental. Oh, you did buy that one yeah. as a rental. Yeah, it was Got bringing okay. in 550. So it was good. I mean, it was bringing 250 a month cash flow. Nice. But there's everything started going wrong. So I was like, Oof. either I need to sell this or get a bunch of rentals so that they make money to pay for this money pit. Yeah. And right around that time, I found a seller, local seller, or a landlord that he was actually a realtor. He heard I was into properties like, hey, I got some deals. I'll sell them to you. He had 13 units, some single families, some duplexes, and worked it out with him. He wanted like, something like 430,000. I talked him all the way down to 341,000 for all the units and he financed 92% of the deal. So, and, and a good interest rate too. So, so how did that conversation go? Yeah, usually so that, when people are going to finance high percentages of deals, they're wanting their price, but you got yeah. them to do your price and yep. finance. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty, like I, I went all out on this one, right? Well, first of all, you have to understand in rural Ohio, even this was in 2000, late 2017, houses still were not selling. So he, he didn't have too many. If you want to get rid of 13 properties, he didn't have too many options. So I used my leverage there, but then I went all out. Like I got on the bigger pockets calculators. I calculated everything, like showed them, this is how much money I'd make. This is how much I think they're worth. I cannot pay more than these. Right. And I went like all out showing them like, this is why you're protected. Here's my income outside of real estate to show. I don't need the rents. If something goes wrong, I can still pay you here's my credit score, even though he doesn't care, like stuff like that, just to show him like, look, I know what I'm doing. This isn't going to be, you're going to get your money. Sure. We, we went back and forth for a while and he finally agreed on the price of, I think my ask was like 330 and we ended up agreeing on 341. Damn, um, that's pretty great though. Yeah. So he financed 92% of it. I think it was like 4% interest, which was crazy for seller financing. And for the other 8%, I went and got a personal loan from Lightstream. So I ended up having no money into the deal. Okay. And they're just, I mean, they was bringing in 4,000 a month cash flow after paying everything. What's Lightstream? So it's just, a, it's, it's a site that gives personal loans. Um, you can do it for like home remodel, purchase, buy a car, whatever. Um, but it was, it was actually super easy to use. Just fill out your, your credit report, send them a tax return. And they approved me for, I think, $45,000. And I use that for the other 8%. Holy um, cow. So what did you do for the, for 11 years between 06 and 17, <laughs> man? What, what happened there? So I finished college. I'm a CPA. I, uh, I did the, the tax world for a while. I have a couple tax businesses. So just not a lot of real estate, but, but everything else. Everything else. Okay. So you basically just had a job that time then, right? So yeah, I, 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 I started my own tax business in late 2012, 2013. So I've been self-employed since then, but nice. yeah. Nice. Yep. Okay. Very cool. All right. So we are back to this, uh, this package that you bought. Yep. And you got him to agree to a price, basically a hundred thousand less than he was asking originally. It sounds right. like give or yep. take close to it. Yep. Yeah. Close to it. And then, um, you go and you buy this 13 pack of properties and what's next after that. So then they were, they were cash flowing. Like it was bringing in 4,000 a month after paying everything because he gave me crazy terms. It was, it was, he amortized it over 10 years. So the payment wasn't too high and interest rate was low. So it was bringing in quite a bit. And I just used that to start fixing up the properties because some of them had gotten pretty run down, um, which increased the values quite a bit. And then in 2019, I did a cash out refi and took out $300,000 of equity. 
So tell so, me about that process. So I hear yep. people doing this all the time. And I personally do a lot of refis with banks. Yep. And they don't typically like the cash out refi. It's not oh, really? something that they typically like, but I'm sure there's lenders out there that that do like those type of things. Yeah. So did you go to a local lender to do this or how, or how did you go about doing that? Yeah. So I, I, I did two different cash out refis actually at, at two different points. Um, and I, I never had any pushback on the cash out. The, the first bank I went to, it's a local bank and they were starting to not like rental properties. So they only gave me, I think, 65% loan to value. Okay. But the second company that did the big one for the 300,000 cash out, they went all the way up to 80% and they never pushed back. So as, nice. long as, as long as it's 80% of the value of the houses, we don't care if it's cash out or paying off or whatever you're doing with it. Wow. I love how you got it owner finance too, man. That's Yo, that amazing. was huge. Yeah. So then I used a portion of one of the, the cash outs and I bought another package. This guy had, so one of my contractors was like, he started seeing what I was doing. He's like, Hey, you should buy my place. Cause I own a house and it's right next to a laundromat and the laundromat has two units above it. And I think my landlord would sell all of it. So I just contacted him and he sold me the laundromat, which wasn't, wasn't fun- functioning at the time, but had all the equipment, two apartments above it and a single family house for 63,000 combined for everything. And he financed 18,000 of it. So then I just needed to use whatever that 45,000 cash to do it. I used a cash out refi to do that. Nice, man. So how many units are, did you get up to? At, at the point before I sold everything, I was up to 28 total units. Dude, that's awesome. Yep. And what and was 28 I, units cash flowing roughly? That was by the time, so it's, it's hard because I did the cash out refi at different points, but by the time I sold everything, I was bringing in 3,500, 3,800 a month in, in pure cash flow. That's pretty good, man. And then yeah. what happened? You sold some of these? All of yeah. These? So then the, the market finally turned around in my area. See, in rural Ohio, it didn't kind of catch up to the rest of the country. It wasn't this crazy market until this past summer and spring. It just blew okay. up. And yeah, that's that a nationwide point, low inventory or lowest inventory right. we've seen, right? And like, I don't even know, but a really, really long time. Right. So even out in rural Ohio, yeah, which is crazy. Like my town, we're talking 6,000 person town, right? Okay. So, and, and more people moving out than moving in. So just the, the inventory shortage wasn't hitting us. But then for whatever reason, it just did this summer, this spring. And I kept seeing these values go up. So I was like, I'm just going to put this on Craigslist that I'm going to sell these. I was selling 25 of the units and to see what's out there. I, I listed it for like 1.25 million. And a realtor contacted me. He's like, dude, this is underpriced. I can sell this. So I was like, all right, I'll give you three months to sell it. And he got it under contract for 1.3 and we just closed two weeks ago. Wow. Who did he sell it to? Was it an out of town yeah, buyer? No, another investor. That's a couple towns over. So really? all, all, all in, I had five, roughly, I think 558,000 into all these units. Then he sold them for 1.274 is what it ultimately was. Dude, that's what was the net or the net profit on it? It's profit. Well, after his commission, like, 625 dude that's massive yeah it was crazy so dude that's all right so i would much rather have 625k over 3800 bucks a month in cash flow right right and, and as you saw in that in that group that i posted and a lot of people are like oh you'll regret this you never sell real estate but like it comes a point you do right <laughs> oh there always becomes a point that you right. do and that's the thing dude you make your money when you buy but you get paid when you sell if you don't ever sell you don't ever get paid really like cash flow is great but it's it trickles in 
Right. Right. And you had 28 units. You said after multiple cash out refis, you still had 3,800 bucks a month. Right. I love it. Right. I'm at about 60, 60 houses right now. Um, I got another 30 under contract. Our cash flow is nearing 20 grand. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's a good chunk of change. However, right. I would probably still trade that for 625K. Right. Eh, maybe, maybe not. Right. It's, it yeah, it's, it's but that's a big number. That if it was a hundred or right. 200, I'd be like, no way, get out of here. You know? Right. right. But uh, dude, that is crazy. And here's another thing that I really want to kind of highlight too, is, is that you did, you, you were, you acted very creatively when you were buying all these with the, with the owner financing and the cash out refis and essentially were you rehabbing anything? Yeah, that's and that's just what I was using. I wasn't taking out any of the cash, so I was just putting it right back into the properties. So like, you were keeping the properties yeah. up, and you did that yep. for basically what five years, give or take? Uh, like three years. Three this years. Was all the last okay, three and a half years. You bought yeah. the first one a couple yeah. years goes by. Cool. So yeah. only three. See, that's the that's the power of real estate, guys. Right. I love it. That's awesome. So at this point, you know, one would say, well, what are you going to do? Put that right back into the market. And due to the fact that you have done such awesome creative plays, I'd imagine that you're going to keep doing creative plays and not necessarily go have to leverage all of your money exactly. right. use as much money of everybody else's as you can. Josh, very cool. Yep. Yeah. No, that's the exact plan. I want to get, go up, find someone that'll do like a line of credit on the, the assets that we have and, and not touch that money for a little while or put it into other investments and see how far we can expand it. Man, I absolutely love it, man. That's very, very cool. Very cool. Well, somebody that's starting out and that's listening to the show right now, you know, what would be some advice that you would give them, right? Because a lot of people that are listening, they are new and they're, they're wanting to learn more about real estate investing as a whole and how to buy properties, right? You know, and some of, some of our listeners are really diving deep into wholesaling. Some of our listeners, you know, are landlords, right? Um, what would be some advice that you would give somebody, um, you know, just starting out to be able to get into deals, how to find them? And, you know, how to get creative with them. Yeah. I mean, number one, it starts with getting educated, which if they're listening to this, this podcast, they're on their way to that. Um, read everything you can, listen to everything you can. And then from there, you just got to start taking action. Like you see in those groups, right? So many people are just forever listening to podcasts and reading books and never actually doing anything. Mm -hmm. At some point, you have to jump in and get started. And for me, that started with finding a unique opportunity, right? And obviously, we're in a different market now that there's not landlords desperate to get rid of a 13 unit package, but there's something out there. If you get creative, right? Like go find this person that needs to sell. And for whatever reason, he can't be, be willing to take on something that other people can't, you know, maybe it's this house that smells God awful when you walk in, but take a little risk, you know, right? exactly. risk yeah. equals reward, right? And, and, and if you're in a position where you can't just go out and put 50,000 down on a house, then that's what you have to do. Because right now there's a lot of cash in the market. There's a lot of cash buyers. So you have to be able to offer something that no one else is being able to offer if you don't have that cash. And right. every market, that's different what that is, right? I love it, man. I tell a lot of my students, you know, there's really only three things that matter. It's marketing your business, which can be done by you paying for the phone to ring or you ringing the phone out, right? right. Making offers and following up. And that's the thing. Like, you know, both of these deals that you had acquired, um, it doesn't sound like you met the seller and like bought it two days later. Like there was a lot of back and forth right. and negotiations and well, I think it's worth this and here's the most I can pay. And, and then eventually you had to have the conversation of maybe you can finance it to me on top of that. Right. Like right. these things don't happen overnight. 
for sure. Following up takes a ton of time. And, but that's what, you know, arguably the most important part of the business, in my opinion, if you're trying to scale, you're just trying to do one or two deals a month or, or even a couple deals a quarter, even right. Right. You know, your follow up isn't necessarily necessarily as important. Right. But if you are trying to scale your business and do lots of deals, you got to keep those relationships up with all those people. Right. You got to be there. So right. Josh, well, I, the other thing I'd add to that, once you do that first one, like you, then I could go to the next one that I want to do seller financing. I'm like, Hey, you can contact Roger. I just did this with him. He'll tell you, I paid. Oh yeah. That's month. great. And it was like, it becomes a reference for you. It becomes a reference for yeah. you, man. That's cool. So you basically can build your resume with, you know, people that you've done business with that right. has succeeded. Right. And it's like, exactly. here's a testimonial or straight up call that, that this guy, right. see how he likes getting these payments every month. You could do the exactly. same, man. I love that. That's really, really awesome. Well, Josh, thanks for coming on the show today, man. Much, much appreciated. I'm super grateful for your time. You're doing big things. I love it. You know, most people wouldn't necessarily know how to get into these deals because they just don't, they just don't think it's possible. And when I hear stories like this, I love it because I certainly know it's possible. You certainly know it's possible. So hopefully some of the listeners and the viewers out there can realize for themselves that these type of things are possible. You just got to get out and take action, work hard, and you can find these deals too. Josh is doing these deals in rural Ohio, guys, so they can be done anywhere. I love it. Josh, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on the show today. Your story is really, really cool. Guys, listen to what Josh says. His advice, get educated, take action. And don't be afraid of taking a little risk. I love it. Josh, how can people contact you if they uh, want to connect? What's your favorite way to, to communicate? You got a social media platform or a website yeah, or so anything I like that? I actually have a website that I told a bunch of these stories on, smalltownhustle.com. Love so they can, it. They can get more details on some of the stuff I did with these deals. Very cool, guys. Can. Go check it out, smalltownhustle.com. Josh, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Guys, until next time, thanks for listening. Signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.